things. Week 11. It is week 11 of the Launch Sequence podcast. I'm your host, Space Tomato. Today with me, I've got a baseball Drazen. But of course, Drazen, the classic, the OG, has returned after a few weeks hiatus. We had a couple guests on. We got started up and uh, wanted to start bringing people through to give some different perspectives. But of course, always coming back to Drazen. How you doing today, man? Doing great, dude. You know, really excited for 314 dropping as well as a host of games that we're going to be talking about today. So pretty excited. Really, yeah. really exciting time for gaming right now. Oh, yeah. It's good times. We're, we're smack dab in that exciting time between E3 and Gamescom. We've got different game announcements going on. we got a couple different interesting. We've got uh, the EA Play or EA Live or whatever it was called just happened, I think, last month. And later this month, we're probably going to get some more info about gamescom and tokyo game show and all that it's it's a good time fall has always been exciting and we're just closing up summer so things are things are chugging along as they were just a couple months ago and we've got a lot of games that we were just kind of discussing that are coming out this year this year wasn't something actually let me start over let me say i have not gotten super excited for a game season i'll call it like when you know you, you get to that fall time like september october november when a lot of games come out i haven't been excited for one of those seasons for years i think partially that's because of star citizen because that's what star citizen does to you it just sucks the the fun out of all the other games but <laughs> it it's also just not really been that interesting to me the field of games that we've been seeing but I think partially it's that I'm starting to open up to more indie games and smaller titles, but also just that games are starting to get a little more interesting again, you know? Um, we were just discussing Back for Blood, which is the spiritual successor, also, you know, comes from the same uh, studio, at least, that made Left for Dead. And you can tell because they like to put numbers in their game titles, I guess. But we were just talking about how this is going to be an awesome party title, but you've already played it. What do you think of it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, had a friend message me last night and say, hey, um, get your beta key, um, sign up to their website, go to backforblood.com, whatever it is. Uh, got the beta key and I played it for about an hour and a half uh, last night and about an hour today here in the garden. I live streamed it to everybody. I enjoyed it a lot. I'm a big fan of the Left 4 Dead franchise. It was super fun. Um, seems like a very promising game. My friend who I played with last night had told me that the game is leaps and bounds from where it was when he played the beta a couple months back. So they've been listening to changes. They've been making it, um, which is always a good thing to hear um, yeah. when it comes to a very new game. However, there are some kind of downsides uh, about the game as well. Um, but I'll, I'll go ahead and let you ask me some questions about it, and we'll get around to that. Well, I guess my first question is, what are the downsides? <laughs> what, what were like give me the the top two things that really stood out because this is something that i'm considering for for the community here you know, everybody who's watching this live uh, and anybody who's like listening to this on your platform of choice afterward this is something that we're considering adding to our roster for everybody to jump in play stream make some friends in and just chill this you were saying would kind of compete with the aliens game that we're also considering kind of another four-person survival-based shooter what is the big pausing point for this game what what makes you step back from back for blood for a minute and say maybe there's another game that we should try instead i would say 
the PvPVE aspect, which is something we're very familiar with in Star Citizen. As we all know, we have no opt-out option for PvP. Mm. Um, we also fight NPCs. So I would say you could draw some very, very small similarities there. They have a game mode that you can play where you fight against another four-player team in a PvP scenario in a zombie map while you're also fighting waves of zombies. That makes me take a step back and say, well, People aren't really interested that we might have some people who really enjoy Back for Blood, but they need more of a challenge that might gravitate more there. Well, mm -hmm. if that ends up happening, then maybe Aliens Fireteam is better because as far as we know, it's just PvE campaign story kind of mode like we see in, in Left for Dead. Another big step back point for me, the second one, is uh, it dilutes a lot of the good ideas that the game has with a, a barrage of systems, currencies, pickups, and unlocks. Personally, I enjoy it. I feel like having meaningful progression from story to story, chapter to chapter, working on ranking up guns, getting better guns, getting better attachments, getting better power-up cards. These are all things you can do in Back for Blood. However, people who like the more, you know, back to the nitty-gritty bones of what Left 4 Dead is like may enjoy Aliens Fireteam more. Mm -hmm. So what is the winner then? What is what is it about this game that you love so much? I mean, a lot of people would probably just say that it's the uh, the team the teamwork, right? The aspect of being in a four person team and everybody having their own sort of specialization special specialization. Sorry, English. Yes. <laughs> I would say so. I think for me personally, it's the spiritual left for dead three that we never got and probably never will yeah. i feel like this is a good continuation of a story and of an idea into a new format into a new you know insert into the gaming community as a whole um which is why i was drawn to it originally as soon as i knew the left for dead creators behind it were doing this i was immediately interested yeah so. yeah when they they uh, they made a good point to slap that on the trailer in uh at E3, because that was, I think, one of the big selling points of the game. Oh, exactly. I would say that was my biggest draw. I love playing mindless games. When it comes to shooting zombies with your friends, I did it back in high school. It's a great way to just get into something, have a bunch of fun, maybe have some beers, some joints, whatever, and... You know, just really enjoy your game time without having all of these huge things weighing upon you, like if you were playing Star Citizen or some games that have progression that you can go forward or back with. You have so, a heavy Star Citizen on your shoulders. Exactly. <laughs> it's, a, it's a game you can step away from and not play for a couple months, and then all of a sudden your friends want to hop on it one night. You sure. can get right back into things and enjoy it just as you did months ago. Sure. Speaking of incredibly fun games to play, I mean, I, I think that's what we were talking about. I just finished playing the Halo Infinite beta last week. And I don't know, some of you uh, currently listening may have also played it. It was, it was, I, I expected good. I have been waiting for this game for a long time. I expected good, but I was also kind of nervous, you know, I was, I was like, okay, maybe I won't enjoy it too much. Maybe it's going to be, maybe I've just outgrown it at this point, but no, <laughs> I've, I've not played a game recently that kept me saying one more game, one more game, one more game. The last time that happened was I think Civilization VI, uh, a year and a half ago, maybe or so, but before that, I don't remember. 
it, it really is something special that game they took the original halo formula that people know you know that triangle of grenades melee and guns that that game of chess that you play out there while you're in the game and and they flipped it on its head with a couple extra things like equipment and um and just a, a whole slot new of of power weapons and it's been incredibly fun to play um the sound effects are great as always top top level audio design the speed is good the teamwork aspect of it is really good the ui feels really crisp and solid it's just all around feels like a great title and i've seen some complaints here and there some small ones but i i can't they're like oh the animations play at 30 frames per second and i'm like okay that 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 could suck but like the experience itself was incredibly fun so i'm not really i don't care but i had a lot of fun with that game man i'm definitely going to be buying it day one i don't think that was ever out of question but or in question but uh, it's confirmed for me. Absolutely. And I'm in the same boat as you. I was buying it regardless, but I'm curious about two things that I know you've gotten to experience. And one of them is the grappling hook. I'd love to hear you talk about that a bit and how it kind of changes the more vertical gameplay that we're used to in Halo, as well as the customized AI. Um, that's another interesting point that I'd like to touch on as well and, and get your thoughts on. Well, the grappling hook I didn't really use much. I think I only used it three times, possibly. And in those times, I was more testing it out, so I didn't get to actually use it for in-game use. I, I didn't know, but when you pick it up, it only has a few uses. So it's not, it's not something that you could just carry around with you for the whole match, which is good. But when I picked it up and I used it a few times, I did find that the map really felt almost like it catered to it. But you don't notice that if you're not using it. And then that might be good map design. But it generally felt like there were places that I could obviously see myself using the grappling hook to get a, a good vantage point, to get across a gap very quickly, to get to another area where I know an enemy player wouldn't expect me to be. That was very, very useful and, and incredibly valuable to have. And allowing that to only be used a couple of times is, good, is a good choice, especially with the balance. But... It does feel like something that's a bit weird to use. It doesn't really feel like Halo, but it also does feel like it can really fit into the equation quite well. So I won't say it's a win or a loss yet since I didn't really get to use it much, but I really did. I felt like it had a place in the game, which is good. Nothing. Yeah, that was, that was kind of my main thing was whenever I saw the grappling hook, I'm like, okay, cool. But let's take a step back. We've never had this before. Is it something we're actually going to get a lot of use out of? Or is it just going to be one of those things where it's like, oh, yeah, I guess I'll go pick up the grappling hook. Why not? It's I not think, like it's going to be an overshield, right? I think it'll definitely be an extra bit. I don't think people will rely on it too much. And I don't think most people will be able to use it effectively. The equipment is something that they've given them enough pros and cons that you do need to really think about how you apply them. So, for instance, you the drop shield is a great, great opportunity to pause somebody for like one, maybe two shots or to cover your back for just a couple of seconds. But it's not going to it's not going to help you like the bubble shield used to. Or armor lark, it's not just going to block all damage. You could you could pop through that thing in maybe two shots. So 
the general idea is to use it as a deterrent, but most people are going to use it as a complete defense against, you know, three people shooting at them, and that's not going to work. So the same thing with the grappling hook, the same thing with the, I think there was like a, um, a proximity detector, and then there's some kind of thing that deflects stuff. All of the ways that they've made this equipment so far really does feel like they've developed it in a way that you can't rely on it. Not like some of the equipment they used to have, like the jetpack or armor lock or, or stuff like that. You can't just rely on it to make your strategy. You can only use it to enhance yours. And I really, really like that. And I think as long as they keep that up and they keep balancing it as they go, the multiplayer is continu going to continue to grow and become something really special through that. Awesome. That's and that's really good to hear. Every time they add new equipment, it I think the Halo community and myself included is always a little wary of yeah. things. Yeah, um, definitely. Especially armor lock. <laughs> that's the uh, that's always the sore bit. Yeah, um, I know I keep, for a lot of people. I keep bringing it up because it hurts. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, it does hurt. I'm right there with you. But and that's probably where I'm speaking from is the armor lock fear that I've yeah. had since they introduced that, you know? Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, that makes complete sense. Like you said, the Halo community is a little bit iffy about that stuff. Halo has been one of the few games that's really stuck to its core as opposed to, you know, going quite out far left or far right to, to make a big difference in the gameplay. And when there is a decent change like there is an infinite some people are saying there's not enough change some people are saying it looks exactly like halo 5 i think there's a decent amount of change in there to mix things up uh but i do think that makes the community at large a little nervous but i'm i i'm not nervous anymore honestly now i'm just excited awesome it's good to hear i'm so excited i cannot wait for pre-orders to come out i'm grabbing it we're gonna be playing it oh yeah it's gonna be phenomenal we'll be playing in the garden for sure definitely definitely which is going to be perfectly timed with the new update to the discord server i'm doing a little plug here but this this discord server that we use for our podcast for the live streams for community events for announcements all of this stuff we have a new version of it coming out soon and it's going to be much better organized it's going to be much more full featured we're going to have a team backing it that's going to be creating community events and also keeping the peace not that there's much to be kept this is a great group but um we're, we're expanding a little bit here on discord in the next week or two so keep an eye out for that oh yeah the garden grows yeah, yeah, yeah. so i mean we we got through kind of what i wanted to say on those games was there anything else that you wanted to go over before we dive into star citizen into the hole no you know there's no other games that i'm super interested coming out it's been pretty hush hush with battlefield 2042 we saw the new uh portal mode announced where you can play um i think all the way back back as far as games have come out to battlefield bad company 2 and any games that had come out after i think besides hardline i want to say yeah you can like one or two create mm -hmm. little custom matches or something yeah, custom matches. So I think that'll be really cool for 2042. I'm still not entirely sold on the new Battlefield. I'm waiting. If I'm going to invest my time in on a new game, it's probably going to be invested on Halo Infinite and maybe not 2042. But I guess the overall, I'm just waiting. Jury's still out on that one for me personally. Gotta say, gotta say, I love being a Game Pass subscriber. <laughs> 
I don't have to think about it. I get all of these games we're talking about day one. Very nice. And and there's one more I'm looking at. I think it's just this one for the rest of the year. Yeah, now that uh, Horizon Forbidden West got delayed. The big one I'm waiting for is Dying Light 2. I don't know if you played the first one. I did, yes. Yeah, that is a, that's a fun game, but a scary one. You, you know I don't do well with scary games. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> So I hate that because there are there are scary games that I really enjoy and I want to try, like Resident Evil, Alien Isolation, even Dead Space got to me. And then, but really? they're scary. So yeah, dude, what? Did Dead Space <laughs> not scare you? You know, I think after playing, I uh, forget which Aliens game it was, um, where you were trying to avoid the alien with how many isolation. jump scares I've had. Isolation, yep, that's it. After playing that game, I think I've gotten numbed to any scary games. Never so, happens for me. Never yeah, happens. It's... It always comes back to haunt me. I am I'm such a freaking baby when it comes to scary games. <laughs> <laughs> scary movies are one thing, man, but like trying to imagine being in a scary movie and making all the decisions. That ain't, yep. That's scary. That's, a, that's double scary. Right. Well, then you know, okay, what's going through the mind of these people in, in scary movies and how, okay, maybe some of it's legit, you know? <laughs> yeah, I guess. But I don't need that. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, completely understand. But, but anyways, uh, but let's... Star Citizen. Let's get to, yeah, let's get to the big, the big elephant in the room. I think... I actually don't think that would be the correct term in this instance, but Star Citizen is the big topic, at least, of today, as as per usual. Sorry, I need a little hydration there. But there's a lot going on in Star Citizen right now. So let's quickly, I want to go over everything that I think we should touch on today regarding Star Citizen. First is the newest lore post that they made today, or this week. Pretty interesting. Um, it's an old one, but a lot of people probably haven't read it, so I'll talk a little bit about it. 314 is going live today, tomorrow, two days ago. I don't know, it depends on when you listen to this or hear this or watch this, but uh, 314 is going live. That's happening, finally, after a month-long, more than a month-long PTU phase in Avakati. Monthly Report came out two days ago has some good stuff in it i just got that summary out to all patreon members at level four dollars or higher every time a monthly report comes out i get you that summary as quickly as possible with all the extra bits and then everybody else gets to see it in the video that comes out a week later finally uh inside star citizen was pretty sick yesterday it was good there is good stuff in there so we'll talk a little bit about that the cool stuff we saw there and then we might also touch on star citizen live but i wasn't i i was gone i just got here um and you said you didn't really get to watch much of it so maybe instead we'll just talk about what we expect at citizen con but how about we start out with the lore piece that i was talking about this is actually very interesting these are the only insight we have into what actually happens in the places that we're playing in this game. And they're very, very good insights. And they kind of make you they kind of make you peeved that we don't get more of this in the game. But have you read any of the lore pieces that come out of Star Citizen, the official ones? Yes. So back when I was not playing star citizen as much i had already backed but i wasn't playing so i want to say this was probably 2018 2019 i 
really got back into the game because of Astro Pub and a lot of his talks, a lot of um, things that he was covering on his videos were actually backed by some some older lore posts that we had gotten or little tidbits that CIG likes to drop. Yeah, um, And that's what really got me back into Star Citizen was the lore and, and by extent Astro Pub. So mm-hmm. yes, I, I do like reading those. They're very cool. Yeah, Astro Pub's great for lore. He was on our episode, I believe it was two episodes ago. So if you'd like to hear me and Astro Pub talk a little bit about Star Citizen lore, for like an hour go check that episode out that's week nine i believe it was a good one but yeah the lore is is it's good you know they've got a lot that they could do with the lore in this game because they've just set up this massive sci-fi universe with all these planets that differ so much and let me let me tell you what i mean so this more recent i I pulled this up so the the lore thing that I'm talking about here is a story of a man who's doing a smuggling run from New Babbage into Lorville. And he doesn't realize that his smuggled goods, which he expects to be, I think, hydroponics uh, equipment and like medical goods and stuff, thing, you know, innocent stuff. Uh, he gets to the place where he has to drop this off. Now, before I go any further, this is the first place where they name some detail that actually gets you thinking like, okay, cool, I'd love for them to explore that in the game a little bit. And so you, he, the sentence says, the drop had been on the outskirts of Lorville. Factories out here were either automated or had outlived their usefulness. They were also within walking distance of residential areas, so it made for a convenient place to meet. This is one, two sentences of lore but it already gets me thinking like what is going on in this area between the factories and the residential areas why can't we get to 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 see that to see the way that that affects the game world um and it and it kind of expands on the place that you're playing at in the game so the next time you go there you can see you can hear you can imagine some of that stuff going on so part of me is like reading this lore and i'm like okay this is awesome I want more of this in game, but also part of me is like, I don't need more of this in game because now I can just add it to my own imagination. But this has been a really, really fun one to to read. And while this is an old one, I really do hope that they can start adding more of these. And not only that, I, I hope that they can start adding some of this stuff that will then show up in the game. Like, so, I don't know, let's say um, Orison just got added and it has the thrusters, you know, that, that fire to keep the, the city afloat. It'd be cool if they released some sort of a lore post and it talked about that being a major part of the story or the plot or the turning point or something to, to kind of get that sense of an overwhelming or rather all-fulfilling universe of, of content. You know what I mean? Like Star Wars. They do that all the time. No, absolutely. Um, And I've read a lot of Star Wars lore. I used to be super into it. Uh, of course, Eckhart's Ladder, um, we, yeah. we share that in common. Um, I, I really, I would like to see CIG start to do kind of lore sprints, I guess you could call it. Um, I'd love to get a little tidbit of every, um, you know, city, major city or planet. So we can, maybe when we get a new system, they'll have a whole like six months or 
a year of mm -hmm. just a sprint of covering lore for whatever that new place is. So we can really start to, you know, immerse ourselves in these environments and maybe a little bit of role play involved building our character stories that I know you and I both have. Yeah. I think that'd be a really good idea for them to do. It'll engage the community. It'll start getting questions asked and it'll really start to, to fill in some of those holes that we have of what's the story of Star Citizen? Where did we come from? Where are we now? How are all these places playing into the overall lore and the story of this game? I think it'd be phenomenal for us to continue getting these. We don't know what the story is of this game. We really don't know don't. what's going on in the Star Citizen realm other than the fact that we don't like the Vanduul, the Xeon are pretty cool turtles, and the Banu like sports games. Like we don't actually know the everyday life of residents in the UEE versus residents in Orison versus New Babbage versus Lorville. This does give me some insight. For instance, here's an interesting one. At every light pole or every area in Lorville, there are dozens of cameras always watching them. And next to these cameras are speakers, loudspeakers that play over the city that play some sort of melancholy, relaxing, quote unquote, tone just in order to keep citizens relaxed because the place is so messed up that they feel they need to play music to make people calm. That is like that crazy cyberpunk dystopian future stuff that people love to think about, listen to, watch, learn about. That's, that's very, very interesting, right? And I know that Lorville is known for being bad to their employees and bad to people, but we don't know anything about that. Do you remember back when they were uh, teasing us some of the Lorville security outfits? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that would tie into a lot. I'd love to see that. Put a lore post out like what they did. Then, you know, that month released some armor of like what the Lorville security is. Do it all encompassing. I mean, the psychological warfare behind, you know, the cam multiple cameras on every light post with a loudspeaker pumping out music to try and keep everybody calm. I mean, that's that just immerses you and that's one city in Stanton. Yeah. You know, what if they did that for all of these cities? It yeah. would be so cool. They, they actually, there were some parts in here uh, that, that kind of, I mean, it was just, I just, I agree with you. There, <laughs> there's so much that they could explore with this stuff that I'm just like, I can't wait. I really can't. Um, I can't either. Uh, gosh, I was going to say something else about the, the lore and i can't remember it was something about this story like, oh right it was about the guards you were just saying the 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 hurston security another interesting tidbit that they went through in this in this story you know just naturally this information comes out when you're reading this stuff um but the guy the character the main character was in trouble and trying to get through the city and he's walking through these customs areas and train stations and stuff and he mentions to himself or he thinks to himself how the Lorville security is so intimidating. They're made to be so scary compared to people in other places. They have heavy armor, for starters. It's not just like, you know, a vest or an undersuit or something like that. They have a full-on heavy armor set that they wear. And then on top of that, the, he said, they always keep their external speakers off unless they're specifically talking to you. So whenever you're walking around Lorville, whenever you're around these security guards, you never hear them talking which makes them that much more ominous. And those little tiny details, that's the kind of stuff I expect CIG to put into the game. And I'm really excited to, to see how 
like you said, going from Lorville to uh, Orison will make such a huge difference in terms of the security, how they treat you, whether you can smuggle guns in or not, whether you can bring in, God forbid, whether you can bring in another species. I bet there's going to be a planet or two that are like that. Absolutely. And, and people will want to kind of get an idea of what place will I want to call home someday? What, what place do I want to work out of? Who do I want to grow reputation with? We're getting the reputation system soon. Mm. Well, if we had the Lord to kind of back all of these different, you know, factions that we can work for, that would maybe even be more of a determining factor of, hey, maybe I shouldn't work for, you know, uh, Mr. You know, Hurston, because wow, he runs things like a psychological warfare concentration camp kind of yeah. situation, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's 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 bad in there. But that yeah. is that's yet another one of the dreams of this game that I can't wait for is I've started to realize in these last I would say four to five months. I always thought CIG was going to grow to reach, you know, around 600 people or so and then stay there for a while and kind of just tread out the game um, because I didn't really think they'd be able to continue to, to raise the amount of money they're getting every, every year. But now they've been able to keep doing that over and over, year after year. The, the amount of people who are joining is increasing so quickly that their money's always increasing. And they are now able to say, okay, well, we're going to get past 700 employees. I don't know where they're going to stop. And at this point, I'm realizing that 10 years down the line from now, 15 years down the line from now, when this thing is still being developed actively and enjoyed by a lot of people, at least, you know, we hope, it really will be like that. Different systems and different planets are going to feel so much different because of how much of this progress that they constantly make on the cine tech, on the planet tech on the weather systems, on the AI, as it keeps building and building, I feel like more of these specific scenarios are gonna differentiate. And that is one of the most exciting bits of this game. You don't get to experience many games where they have the manpower or the time to build enough environments that can differ that much. That's, that's something that's gonna be super unique with this game and a, a product of what people call the worst part of the game, which is the time it took. No, I, and, you know, the explosive growth of, of CIG, I feel like, will directly correlate with the expedience that we're going to get a finished, polished product to. Um, and it's always great for us because this is, you know, this is the largest crowdfunded game in the history of games. So there's a lot of expectation, expectations, a lot of hope, and a lot of haters um, that are either for or against this game. And really seeing them grow positively like that just further adds to my reasoning that we're going to get this game out it's going to happen without a doubt now yeah. um but we might even get it a little bit sooner than some of us are expecting um of course not wanting to blow anybody's statement up you know <laughs> but i mean it, it would make sense right i mean if they're leaps and bounds above where they thought they'd be it would only make sense to think that maybe we'll get things maybe a year or two sooner than we thought you know possible it's possible i i definitely have been enjoying and i think most people have been enjoying what we're seeing in these past four months or so on isc than what we were seeing last year so oh, they're, they're they're moving in some very exciting directions that is for sure 
But yeah, that was kind of, that's really what I wanted to say about the lore is just talking about even reading the lore. It's not just about reading the story. It's about learning more about the game and getting a sense of, of where things are headed. You know, a lot of lore comes out for games and movies that reflects areas, but isn't necessarily something you can experience. And while, while that's probably true for Star Citizen, like I did say, this is the kind of studio that's going to take that extra time, that extra bit of money, that extra bit of effort to actually put those things in the game. So I love looking at the lore yeah. and seeing what we can get from it. No, absolutely. I'm, I'm super excited. Yeah. And I know Astro Pub can only be excited. More content yeah, for yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got to get him on to talk more about that. I'm actually thinking about doing a, a recording of this story and putting it on YouTube. It's a bit long, really long. But I, it was an interesting story. I liked it. And I thought, you know, people are going to miss this unless it's put in the video format. Maybe I can do that. We'll see. Ooh. Let's move on to the monthly report which came out on Wednesday. Did you get to read any of that? I did, yes. I read the monthly report. I was doing something, and I pulled it up on my phone, and I skimmed through it very, very quickly because it wasn't too long, and maybe I just got emailed the short form format of it, but there were some interesting tidbits in there. Yeah. What's something you saw that was good? Ah, dang it, you're putting me on the spot now? Yep. Well, I'm going to have to pull it up. So how about you <laughs> tell me what you thought was good? I, no, I'm just joking. Um, one of the interesting things is, you know, when we were talking about, um, I want to say, when was that? Uh, I would say probably the last podcast maybe that I was on would mm -hmm. make sense. We had talked um, a little bit about you know ships and specifically they they touched on the bingle for the art environment which is really cool because you know we're we're starting to see all of oh, these you, capital ships you read the squadron really... 42 report huh yeah, yeah yeah i read the squadron 42 report okay. that's the report that i read yeah. so i found some of that interesting but mm -hmm. i didn't read the monthly report i guess because that didn't get emailed to me so yeah well no worries i got you covered with the video next week but sweet. It was a pretty it was a pretty solid report. They here's here's actually something interesting. So the art character art team, which I believe we already know, let me see real quick, is yeah. So we had a cybernetic concepts. It's actually on the progress tracker and on the monthly report. This got worked on in July. And a lot of people don't know this. This is something that was talked about a bit more, I think I wanna say twenty seventeen. Or so, maybe 2018, they were talking more about Reco Battaglia, who has a cybernetic limb. But also the fact that players will be able to have cybernetic limbs at some point. I'm not sure if they've settled on the idea that it is the ruined limb, the horribly damaged limb, that makes you eligible to have it. Or if it's the whole idea of, oh, you've cloned yourself too much, your body is deteriorating, you came back with a cybernetic leg, sorry. But I do know that in some way related to the medical system, they are planning on having cybernetic limbs in the game. So that's going to add a, a decent amount of at least visual uh, variety to players. I'm not sure what that's going to do in terms of hitboxes, but that's an interesting one. It was worked on last, last month. Yeah, and um, you know, I'm just reading here, getting caught up. Um, one that stands out to me is um, weapons. So the, the size sevens for the uh, Ares Inferno and uh, Ion, I know a lot of people are really, really interested in seeing that ship come out, as well as the bombs for the uh, A2, um, because 
I know a lot of people have the A2. They want to do some carpet bombs. So mm -hmm. just skimming through here, that's one thing that super jumps out to me because I know a lot of people are really excited for those ships. And that's something we'll talk about in when we talk about ISC too. That was a little a little sneak peek at bombs there. They've been mm -hmm. talking a lot, a lot in this monthly report. There are a lot of teams working on these. In fact, let me check out on the progress tracker. A lot of teams working on these hospitals. Uh... I feel like that's almost every major update has to do with hospitals. And yeah, I'm just, just looking at how many things on the progress tracker pop up when you search for hospital is, wow, there are a lot of things here. Excuse me. Yeah, they're working on hospitals kind of on the Squadron 42 report. They're working on the, the Bingo Hospital right now. Um, they're working on, you know, hospitals for planet side. I feel like that's really medical. They're just pushing a lot of that through yeah. right now in every way that they can. Yeah, it's so this is an I think this is a good topic. The the difference in how they're developing their gameplay loops now is it's night and day from how they did mining with mining. They gave us something really basic. And it was also only linked to ships. You know, it had nothing to do with the FPS implementation or anything like that. They did something super basic that they could just get out the door as something that would in be interesting in the game. But now they've not only dug themselves into a bit of a corner, but also just naturally progressed into this corner of this is a game. Come play it. It's an alpha, yeah, but you should play this game. And they need to start delivering on that advertising and it really seems like they're going all in on making sure that this first implementation of medical has a lot of supporting features whether that be the scanning that allows you to find other people um the physical inventories that make sure that you have limited things that you can carry with you aka medical supplies the amount of hospitals they're putting in hospitals in orison in lorville in area 18 in New Babbage, and then also in rest stops and in Grimhex. They're working on all of these to be in in the next couple of quarters. They are building the AI, the doctors and nurses. In the monthly report, it's talking about how they're going to be able to respond to you. They're going to know when you've respond into the game, into the bed, and help you and animate and all this kind of stuff. They've built trolleys out with that animation, probably also working with the beds in the hospital so that NPCs and players alike can push around people in these beds. They're allowing for the beds in ships to function as respawn points and places that can heal you. They're doing blood toxic toxicity level. They're doing food and hunger, actor status too. There's just so much stuff going into surrounding <laughs> this, this gameplay element. And it really goes to show that they are much more serious about making sure that these things are entertaining, fully featured, and good to go when they come into the game. And that gets me pumped for salvage. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. And that's another thing that they covered on um, Inside Star Citizen was the Vulture, which will yep. be cool to talk about. Yep, 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 yep. And that whole focus on that stuff is why it's taking so long. People keep asking, why are these gameplay loops not coming all at once why are they not coming right now why are they why do they keep getting delayed they're putting a ton and a ton more work into them than they were even something like uh i guess you could say bounty hunting came a little bit a little bit more recently than mining it, it's it's a weird profession but nothing else in the game has been made to this extent to this depth 
besides maybe the star map that's another one that they seem to be putting a lot of effort into but i think that really speaks towards what the goal is of their current development i think that's really important to take note of um what else did you did you, was there anything else that you saw that you really enjoyed reading about that gotcha it's like no, ooh, i love reading <laughs> no i mean you know a lot of the times i just peruse through these which is why i don't always make an effort to read through these Mm -hmm. um i always just check the roadmap because i feel like that's probably the best idea they always keep that updated monthly report i keep saying it monthly report i know i know i know i know i know but i always personally outside of content creation i just like checking um the progress tracker to see where things are going because i feel like that's really telling they can say they're working on stuff but until we see it there it's can always kind of be hit or miss but medical is probably the thing that i am most excited for because i want some challenge and i feel like having actual medical gameplay and having to be more conscious about that is going to be super cool and i feel like it's going to deliver a more immersive experience for everybody very important yeah um look at it this way Things can be on the progress tracker and things can be on the roadmap, but you never really know if they're actually going to be in the next patch. You always know if something's going to be delayed because it's not showing up in monthly reports. They keep talking about medical, so we know that's probably going to be good. They keep talking about the Crusader Ares, so we know that's probably going to be good. They keep talking about the Redeemer. They keep talking about the hospitals and... I want to say. I see the Retaliator mentioned as well. Yeah, yeah, the Gold Standard Retaliator and Sabria. Uh, They haven't actually really talked much about the the FPS radar and scanning. They said like one sentence about it. So that one is one that I'm still kind of watching carefully. Personal inventory they did talk about, and I think this is something that's good to touch on. They've tempered expectations, I think, a little bit with this monthly report on the new inventory. I'll read exactly what they said to you, and you can tell me how you think it should be taken. So first they say, the features team continued working on the new player inventory with daily reviews on the user experience. And then a quote from the features team says, there are a lot of hard choices being made on what has to make it into the first release and what can be postponed. Even with some aspects of the inventory coming online later, the new player inventory is shaping up to be a significant improvement to the existing PMA. So what do you take from that? <laughs> um dang yeah they didn't sugarcoat that um it's i feel like they always try and deliver the bad news before the good news right um and in traditional cig fashion and i feel like that's what they've done here i'm reading it right now um i i think they realize it's something that needs to be worked on but i also think they realize that maybe we can push this out a bit more i mean Players are calling for it, but I think seeing more meaningful gameplay rather than inventory is something that people would probably want more. Mm. Um, It sounds to me like they're going to make some casual progress on it. I don't see anything coming soon. I think when it does come or when a big part of it comes, it's probably going to be a larger part of a patch. It'll be like a big push, like a medical or salvage kind of thing, you know, Mm. because that's what I feel like the inventory deserves to have with how big it is, uh, in my opinion. I think, I think this is going to be not as, not as big. You're right. Not as polished as medical. I think what's probably happening here 
at least in my opinion, is that they are slowly realizing that, or maybe they already knew this, but there are things that are linked into that inventory system that won't be able to work until a couple other things are finished, maybe on the cargo refactor side, maybe on the asset manager side. I'm not really sure, but I'm, I'm guessing that there is some stuff that they just know isn't going to make it. And so they're going to make sure that the feature is packaged in a working package and then added onto later. I'm honestly, who knows what kind of stuff has to be cut, but I would definitely look at what we have right now and not expect too much, too much above that in terms of features just an in, just an improvement in reliability and functionality. So obviously adding the ability to store stuff in different cities and different ships, not be able to retrieve those things unless you're in those areas and also to use backpacks and, and storage on your person. But I wouldn't expect much going past that just yet. Nope, I wouldn't either. Tier, tier zero implementation, if, if even that. Yeah. Tier... Yeah. Half. <laughs> that being said, it is it. Is, well, I would say this is tier two, right? Because our our inventory has expanded a little bit in the last couple of years. We started yeah, with that so really bad two. wheel selector, oh, and then we did God. that other one last year where we could use inventories in like rocks and backpacks and stuff like that. And now finally, it's kind of it's growing up. It's going to college. It's gonna yep. be useful oh, now. Yeah. Useful to oh. society. Uh, so yeah, that, I, it's good that they're talking about it though. Like I said, they're talking about it, which means it definitely will be there. Uh, it was pushed back from 314, which means they got some extra time to do extra stuff in it, but clearly not enough. It is an exciting topic though. I'm really looking forward to that one. And then was there anything else? Uh, thruster VFX were pretty cool. Some render to texture stuff. Talking a lot about the Grim Hex Medical Place. They talked about they are polishing now and color grading pyro's planets and moons so it sounds like pyro is basically at least on the environment art side done now the lighting is taking over narrative is taking over they are working on uh fleshing out some of the the, the gangs and mm, there was let's see art environment ai tech is working on the navigation mesh which is meant to work with that and I don't think any other teams were talking about it on the monthly report, but there's a lot going on in Pyro. They are they're pretty <laughs> far along with Pyro, and the fact that we saw Nyx and ISC, which we'll talk about in a second, was also really good. But other than that, I think a lot of this stuff was mostly 314. I was actually surprised that this one didn't have more heavy, juicy details, but you know, maybe they're all busy getting ready for Sitcon. So let's go ahead then, unless you had anything else you wanted to say about the monthly report. Nope, I think we're good to move and talk about ISC or Sitcon. Yeah, yeah. So Inside Star Citizen was a Huluva episode this this uh, this week. What did you think of it? I think it was bomb in more ways than one. <laughs> um, I thought it was awesome. Funny guy. Um, I uh, oh yeah, always the comedian. Um, I thought it was really really cool uh my of course my favorite thing was bombs um not just with the a2 um with those size three bombs getting worked on but just they they were flying around a gladius that had bombs on it 
yeah which i thought was really cool i was like wow look at these they all have integrated physics into them i think it's going to be awesome i've played games that you know you can kind of torpedo or, or bomb locations when you're flying so it'll be really cool to see how cig does it their style yeah uh, that was that was hands down my favorite part of this isc beyond a shadow of a doubt i think that was i was i was not expecting the bombs to work so well physically based you know like the way you could see their velocity velocity decreasing or increasing due to gravity due to your ship's motion i think that's really cool what you were saying like i'm just imagining flying through space and letting a bomb go to just let it like stealth sail through space into a capital ship that never even knew we were there, you know? Oh so, yeah, exactly. It brings so many new gameplay features into yeah. into it, which I'm super excited about. I still want them to prove to me why we need bombs. I mean, I know obviously it's alpha and it's early, and we're going to need them later. But I still, I want, I want to know why we need them later too. Besides attacking bases, um, are we really going to have? enough reason to attack ground-based targets that we need like just so much gameplay surrounding bombs i'm assuming obviously so so can i hear more maybe <laughs> or i mean i hope yeah. i hope they know that you know I, I mean maybe maybe it's not even that maybe it's just adding a different approach to combat maybe you can I don't know. Maybe you can carry more bombs than missiles since missiles have guidance systems and, you know, thrusters to them. So maybe you can decide, well, I'm not attacking ships this time. I'm just going in with a, you know, unguided bombs so I can carry some more. So may maybe they're just making it like a combat decision, uh, mm -hmm. loadout, giving you more, you know, choices, a lot, a lot of player agency when it comes to, to your loadouts. Um, and, and depending on the situation, maybe it makes more sense to use bombs. I'm really curious to see how the bombs will function in space. I know everybody else is too. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's very interesting. We also got to see quite a bit of the Crusader Ares that kind of was sneaking it in there. And I don't know about you, but I did not expect to like the look as much as I did. I actually ended up liking the black one a lot. Which... You know, I didn't actually. I, I've never liked any Crusader ship. Oh my. I said it. I know. I said it. Okay. I don't actually like Crusader's designs. I like Origins designs better than I like Crusader's. Oh However, my. I'm st I'm still waiting to see the Genesis come out, um, which, uh, you know, Genesis Starliner might change my mind. But yeah, I just don't like Crusader style. None of the ships really reach out to me as one that makes sense in my fleet, you know? Um, but I know coming from somebody who really enjoys it, you, um, yeah, curious what your thoughts are. You're kicked, you're booted, you're out. I want you out of here. Leave. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, honestly, I think the ship... To me, re regarding me, the ship's completely useless. I will never be in a scenario at all where I'm going up against a capital ship and I want to be the person who's doing the... If I'm going up against a capital ship, I want to be on another capital ship. I don't want to be in a single-seat ship. Yep, um, exactly. But I do think it's a very cool ship. I think it looks really cool. I think it's really well put together. And I'm surprised that I like it as much as I did because that was not my opinion before seeing it today. I did see it a few times and I thought the concept was really cool, but I just didn't 
think the ship actually looked that good. But today when I saw the black one, like black on black, I can't find that one shot of it that I liked, but it, is, <laughs> it looks so good. And then we moved oh, on man. from there very quickly into the Drake Vulture, which I am very surprised oh, yeah. that I didn't hear more people freaking out about. This is the freaking Drake Vulture. <laughs> this is the yep. Vulture. This is what we've been waiting for. Like, everybody yep. knows that this ship is going to be where salvage starts, at least on the ship side of things. So to see this thing being worked on means that salvage can't be far, following far behind. In fact, salvage could very well come with this ship. I loved the image that they had shown of the inside of it with the guy sitting on the bed and some exposed wires. Oh, that's weird. That's what's I, on my screen right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great minds think alike. Um, but no, I... I, I love Drake. Drake's probably one one of my favorite manufacturers. Um, the Vulture was a ship that I used to have in my fleet. However, on the wise information of the great info runners, um, I Thank got you. rid of it. But <laughs> not you info runners, execute, <laughs> the good looking one. Um, okay, anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I got rid of it, but I'm still super excited. That's probably going to be one of the first ships that I earn and, and buy in game mm -hmm. um, i'm super excited for yeah, it though it I looks think so cool <laughs> i'm right there with you because i'm not a salvager i'm not really going to spend much time doing it but this is it's definitely not only is it something that i want to try out i really really like the look and vibe of the vulture it's got that dank grimy uh claustrophobic feel to it it reminds me of the herald but if the herald was bigger and i am excited to try that out i know we're going to hear non-stop no, we'll, we'll never stop hearing the idea that this is a ship that was stolen from Eve. It has been shown time and time again that the guy who designed this ship also designed the Dragonfly. And it does look quite a bit like a Dragonfly. But that will that'll always lay in the wayside when we're talking about this ship. Regardless, it is a good-looking ship. And it's bringing one of the most asked-for functionalities in the entire game, I think. Salvage is probably the thing that has been wanted the most right so um i would say arguably yeah i would say salvage has been one of those gameplay loops that people have really been wanting to see we of course have the capital ship um and now you know getting a smaller the starter ship of salvage in will give people who own um the the capital um ship i forget the name of it is it the, the reclaimer. reclaimer yeah reclaimer yeah okay okay i always get that one confused with the redeemer for some reason um people who have the reclaimer are actually going to have a use for their ship now um we'll see how useful it is but um salvage gameplay is definitely one that i think people will really start to open up to as a alternative to cargo and and mining yes. which will be really really cool salvage is going to be probably the best friend of explorers I think I think salvage would end up being more valuable to explorers than miners. So we very well could see an, a, a surge of exploration around that same time too, depending on whether or not you know uh, explorers can share data or not. I mean, we are going to be getting the Corsair pretty soon around the same time when we get the Vulture. So True. I, could I don't only assume the the Corsair theme seems like the kind of ship that can come in without its functionality, though. It's a pretty, like it can be used like the Mercury Star Runner or the Carrick, for instance. Those are like super good multi-crew ships oh, yeah. even without their main functionality. I could see that happening with the Corsair, but we'll mm -hmm. see. We'll see. So after the 
Ares. We, we got to see briefly the Starlifters. It's Bombay, which I didn't realize it had a Bombay. I thought you just launched the bombs from the cockpit. And then the the hangar bay or the... Uh, oh, I guess the Bombay is considered the hangar bay. So they showed a little bit of that, which, you know, we talked about bombs. You're very excited for it. I'm still waiting to be convinced on it, but I do think that... the <laughs> that we're going to be able to make some pretty fun gameplay experiences out of this. I'm thinking um, Reign of Fire. We throw together an event. We get 10 people in Cyclones to race across some frozen lake. And then we get like three A2s to just carpet bomb and see who makes it through alive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's something we'll be doing in the Garden Interstellar Initiative with my org. If you want to join in on that, make sure to sign up. It'll be in the description. But yeah, so we got to see the A2. That was pretty cool. And then we moved on to the Sprint Report. The Sprint Report started with another type of gameplay. What's going on here, Drazen? Why is Star gameplay. Citizen sewing so much gameplay and not JPEGs and special effects? What's going on? Oh, man. I, I wonder. I wonder if we're being thrown for a loop. They know people want gameplay, this but can me, they deliver? Honestly, this sounds like a scam. I signed up for like pictures, a not a game. Yep. Yep, I, sound, I signed up for $1,000 JPEGs that I'll never fly, you know? Well, really, we got to see... I was surprised at this, actually. This is something that was in the monthly report. They mentioned it's like the last line of the monthly report that they're working on the system between the start... Or they're building the boom arm on the Starfarer that allows it to do its refueling. So it's a lot like the, the situation you would see in real life where a nozzle would come out the back of a of a tanker and mm -hmm. you know whatever is behind it a helicopter a plane has a cone or a receptor a um a receiver for that nozzle that then takes in the fuel and they've described a little bit of how this will happen it'll be you know you'll have to manually control the pressure and the speed and this kind of stuff adding a little bit of depth and flair to it i'm just surprised to already see they have something working it's super basic well, <laughs> We kind of knew that we would need refueling for Pyro, so it, yeah. it makes a lot of sense. I just figure that they would start working on that maybe in the fall or even towards the end of the year. I didn't expect to see something this early with it. But I guess if they want it working by, say, Q1, of uh, say, March of next year, they probably do need to be working on it now. But this is, again... You know, people keep saying, oh, CIG's not doing staggered development. Staggered development was a failure. While it may not have changed everything, we do very clearly see how it's been working with the fact that most of 315's assets that are going to be in the patch are mostly done. And things like refueling, which are clearly not coming out for two or three more updates, are also seeing work. So that's good stuff. Mm -hmm. What do you think of refueling, though? Are you somebody who's going to be taking part in that at all? Freaking hell no, man. <laughs> I, you know, I like shooting people and exploring and that's really it i like you i keep telling you man i want to be an explorer and you're like what i had no idea true true you we know, never talk about you it warm up to it I, we, we do we never talk about it we can maybe we could grab a corsair man and you could go find something sick yeah you know you're you can take out your msr i'll take up my corsair and then you know we can you know find some, some new running, planet some planet running. tomato yeah yeah. So I'd like to close off this. I mean, after that, we got to see some blood toxicity, blood toxicity level stuff, which is interesting. The player active status system, player actor status system is something that I'd like to talk about, I think, in more detail at a later date. 
it interests me. I think it's a fun part of the game, but I'm cautious of how they go about it. But yeah, they, they touched on that a little bit, and then they showed us the ships. We already talked about those in the monthly report, mainly the Redeemer. And then we saw the Crusader showroom. We finished off this episode, though, with something that I don't think anybody expected to see at this point. And when we did expect to see it, I don't think anybody expected it to look this freaking good. And that is Nyx, the third season, or depending on what you think, the fourth season, fourth season system in the game. This is a lawless system that the primary group of people are the Free People's Group of Levski, I think it's called. Um, yes, Levski, that used to be in the game. This is the system where Delamar and Levski were moved to. It'll likely be the third system in Star Citizen, and it's, it's fairly barren. It's, it's a pretty simple system, but there's a lot to see, and clearly it's looking a lot different from Stanton. What did you think of what we saw? What stood out to you? Oh, I mean, the whole thing stood out to me, man. I mean, I'm so, I love Delamar. Um, I love Levski. I was sad when it got removed. I knew it was never meant to be. So I understand. But I think on a broader uh, spectrum, I'm so excited at the pace that we're going to be getting new systems. I mean, here we are, we were all hyped for Pyro, and now we're probably going to see Nyx maybe within, what What would you say, maybe one or two years after Pyro? Maybe I, would, sooner? I would say within three patches of Pyro. Yeah. I think, I think we could see Pyro next summer and then see Nyx by the end of next year, maybe the, the first quarter of the following year. That's be so cool. that's and that's me being I wouldn't say conservative but realistic. We could get it earlier than that. We could see Pyro first quarter of next year. I don't I don't I don't know though. I wouldn't be willing to put my name behind that. But next summer for Pyro and then the the end of the year for Knicks, I could see that being a possibility. If they're already this far Absolutely. along on Knicks, yeah. But it is it, What it, about it, you? I mean, what we're seeing here is unlike anything we've seen from Planet Tech. We've seen little hints here and there where they've talked about oh yeah we're working a little bit on canyons look at this this little tool that lets us make these little pimple things on this planet this guy you know we put together something that looked like a volcano we're seeing stuff with rivers but man what they're showing us here i think the biggest thing that we can see here is that there are now these macro geological sort of formations like mountain ranges full-on mountain ranges and steps raised areas of land in the middle of valleys that cast massive shadows that take up a massive amount of space that are very interesting to see both from up top and probably interesting to get nice down close to. These are the kinds of features that people are going to look for when they're looking to make their bases, when they're looking to start their mining operation, when they're looking to uh, create a, a place for their stash. Like the, the planet tech that we have so far in Stanton is great. Don't get me wrong. It's wonderful. It's polished got a lot of great features so it's already the best on the on the market in my opinion at least in terms of planets that you can land on and explore but now they're pushing it to another level we don't have you couldn't look at daymar and pick out a spot and be like everybody knows that spot because that is a very recognizable land feature but this what i'm looking at for pyro you could probably pick out some of these places and be like oh yeah find those find the five Islands of red in that valley of gray. We're right in the middle of that. And 
that's what's going to make every planet differ in a way that I was talking about with the lore earlier in this video with with uh, Hurston and how it's different from from Microtech. All this stuff kind of comes together eventually, and it's going to make for one hell of a game. That's 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 what I feel. There's oh, my yeah. two cents. <laughs> <laughs> nope, I'm right there with you, man. I'm Mr. Optimism today, though. You know, catch me on a Tuesday, catch me on a Wednesday, and then you'll see. <laughs> it's not always this exciting. No, but it it really is. I think a lot of people were taken aback by the fact that we're seeing Knicks. I think that's a good sign. I hope we can get it next year. I really do. No, I hope so too. I think uh, I think we're we may be, and I might bite my tongue on this, but I think we may be really getting to the point where we're going to be getting a lot of awesome things that will keep people coming back to the game every patch, every other patch. Yep. Yep. This is. Uh... I, I think I said it in our staff meeting a couple of weeks ago. This feels like the last slow moment for Star Citizen. Everything kind of speeds up from here. Like I've been saying, phase four, we have entered phase four of Star Citizen. Things have changed. And I see next year being a real bright spot for the development and for the community. You know where else good and awesome things are happening, though? Not yeah. only the Discord, like I said, but also Patreon. Yes, that's Ooh. right. This is a bona fide ad. On Patreon, I am doing a complete retooling of the perks, of the ways that we're doing it, of my form of communication, of how I'm going to make sure that everybody is on board and knowing what's going on. Um, it's currently in the works, and it'll probably be happening by the end of this month. But for anybody who's listening or watching, Patreon's a great way to support these podcasts, the normal videos, my gameplay videos, and the stuff that I have coming up later in the year as we expand. Patreon is much better than say twitch they take less money they provide us with a very centralized and easy location to communicate it's just all good and people who are watching this live obviously are benefiting from one of the perks of being in patreon along with many other things like the monthly summaries early videos and uh other cool things so consider that you can go for as low as a dollar a month it helps me out helps my wife it helps my family and it's going to help us move back to the U.S. and get settled in. So thank you, everybody, who takes a chance to do that. And thank you, everybody, who came to either listen or watch this, whether you are on any of the podcast platforms we publish to, whether you've gone to the website, spacetomatogaming.com, or whether you're watching on YouTube. I appreciate you. And so does Drazen. Drazen, was there anything Absolutely. else you wanted to say to the people before we signed off for today? Uh, like, follow, and subscribe. No. <laughs> Smash that like no. button. No, thank you for having me back. It's always great talking with you, catching up about a bunch of games we're excited for and talking yeah. about Star Citizen. So hoping to uh, do this again sometime soon. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Next week, everybody, we've got a special guest. Super Mac Brother is going to be joining us. So we'll be talking a lot about Star Citizen, what's going on in it, what we'll be thinking with the future and what we're excited for in 315. Make sure to tune in for that one. All of you who want to come live will be doing the recording again on Friday. And then that will be the first episode I do back in the U.S. permanently. So it'll be a bit of a, of a party episode. Definitely show up for that one live. And if you don't, make sure to catch it again on all the platforms or on YouTube. That is the launch sequence. Week 11. Signing off. Once again, I thank you all for coming. Thank you live for listening. And thank you, Drazen, for joining me. See you all next week. <laughs>